hello, hello, all of my beautiful freaking people. Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Have you ever been a psychotic bitch in a relationship? Have you ever been like, why do I always go to the worst fucking case scenario? If you answered yes, this episode is for you. So sit back, grab a cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter 6 <gasps> He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. You guys, today's episode has so much fucking goodness in it, I cannot even tell you. Katrine from the Grumpy Girlfriend podcast is here, and I originally did her show and was like, oh my God, the stuff you teach to your clients, you need to come on and talk to my FMLers about it. Um, She really goes into how we can control our own feelings in a relationship and not put that on our partners, how we cannot be crazy bitches in a relationship, how we can really maintain healthy boundaries and really take some of the pressure off of Oh my God, what if he's going to cheat on me? Oh my God, what if I get my heart broken? All the things that I always get DMs about from all of you. So I am so excited to dive into this episode. It is such a good one. Let's get into it. Katrine Bent, welcome to FML Talk. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to dive into all the topics we'll be covering today. So seriously after i did your podcast the grumpy girlfriend podcast i was like oh my god this is golden and i have to bring her on fml talk because your content and the stuff that you discuss with your fan base is gold (laughs) yeah super excited that's uh now we're here so we're here we're finally here awesome so let's dig in because so many of people that have read my book you know, will DM me and be like, hi, I don't know how to move forward in a relationship. I've been cheated on. How do you trust again? And I know that a lot of the stuff you help coach people through is dealing with anxiety in relationships. So talk to me a little bit about what the most normal thing you see with girlfriends is. Yeah. So the most of my clients that I work with and most of the girlfriends that I coach, I would say not like a hundred percent, but definitely a majority have never really had any bad experiences in their relationships. They haven't really been cheated on. They, their partners are great, loving, supportive people, but they still have all of that relationship anxiety going on. Like, Mm. are they going to cheat? Is it going to happen? Well, it happens to everyone. So if it hasn't happened to me yet, it's definitely going to. So a lot of my clients, it's not really based in their own reality or their own history. It's just stuff going on in their minds that make them jealous, grumpy, insecure. They're trying to see all the red flags, even if there are none, they wanna be prepared for everything. And when we go through life and our relationships specifically, trying to be prepared for just anything that could happen, it just makes us like big balls of anxiety that are like ready to blow up at any moment completely disproportionately to what's actually going on in the relationship. So that's what I work with my clients on, on kind of like, how do we learn how to be 
calm, open, connected, intimate, and vulnerable in a world where bad things happen and partners cheat and all of this could happen, but we don't want the possibility of that happening to rob us of the joy of being in a relationship with another person. Yes, absolutely. And I think so often because, you know, we hear all the stories about girlfriends that sneak and snoop through people's phones and like they they always want to see what's going on and you start looking through their stuff and it's not we all know that it's not a healthy habit to to be doing in a relationship so when you work with people that are having this innate jealousy let's start with jealousy um jealousy of other girls jealousy of them maybe going out with their friends like what's the first thing that you tell some of your clients around the the feelings of jealousy that they're having in a relationship? So the first step I have them do is start just with the awareness. Okay, when do you get jealous? What triggers the jealousy? Is it maybe a pretty girl on Instagram? Is it your partner going out with friends? Like, just let's get clear on when it happens. And then when we're like, okay, in these situations, you have the jealousy in your body. Okay, what does that usually lead to? Mm. Because yes, Jealousy in and of itself is a nasty feeling to experience. It's like the surge times a million. It's yes. like really, really <laughs> awful. And but but it's not just that it's a bad feeling. It often leads to kind of shitty behavior, too. So the next step is, okay, what are your jealousy behaviors? What do you usually do? Do you terrorize your partner and text them and do all these things? Or do you withdraw and like become silent and like freeze completely and just like disconnect from your partner? We want to notice so that when we're in a situation where we become jealous, we can start noticing, okay, are these my jealousy behaviors that I'm engaging in right now? Because the first step in starting to change is to be able to just sit with the jealousy without acting on it. Mm. And that can be, that's literally like the scariest thing you'll ever do the first time you do it. Like you have this feeling rushing through your body and instead of sending that text or going through their Instagram or like doing the things or completely shutting down, we just want to feel it Yeah, because that jealousy can feel scary and dangerous and like the world is ending. And most girlfriends know, like when they wake up the next day, they're like, why did I act so crazy? Like, what was that? And that's not even real. And you're completely separated from it. But in the moment, you just have to be able and willing and have the courage to feel jealousy. So many girlfriends that struggle with jealousy, they're like, I feel jealous all the time. You react to jealousy all the time. Mm. Jealousy enters your body all the time. But have you ever just felt it? Probably not, because that's not usually what we do with jealousy. Mm. We act on it to try to get relief. We don't just pause and process it. Oh, my God, that's so accurate. And it's really like looking at jealousy as any other trigger that Mm -hmm. you would kind of like deep dive and kind of investigate into. I think that there's a certain amount of jealousy in relationships that can be healthy if it's happening in the right way. Do you feel that way as well? Or do you try and like get all jealousy out of a relationship? I don't villainize jealousy. I'm not like, oh, you have to get rid of all the jealousy to have a healthy, happy relationship. I think 
how like jealousy will probably always be a part of a human experience. I don't think we have to cure that or make that go away, but it's, as I said before, it's the behaviors that jealousy leads to that becomes the problem. That's what right. creates negative impact on a relationship. So when we say that a certain amount of jealousy can be healthy or even create positive impact on a relationship, what we're doing is, okay, we have jealousy as the feeling, and then you probably take action that has a good impact on the relationship. You right. connect with your partner, you tell them you love them, like you, you have behaviors that are beneficial. Yes. If you have behaviors that aren't, it's never going to have a positive impact on the relationship. Yeah. And I actually spoke to a client about this today, even where I think emotions like fear and grief and sadness and really like intense pain, we're always going to like, those are useful emotions in a lot of situations. It's going to be a part of the human experience. It's everybody's going to go through it in some way. Jealousy, the way that I interpret it and see it, is kind of a buffer emotion mm. that we use to soften the blow of pain, or we don't want to face disappointment and grief. So we're like, let's pump myself full of jealousy now, because then the blow of being cheated on or being left will be lesser. Yeah. So do I think that jealousy in and of itself is useful? Meh. But it might amplify your gratitude of your partner or it might amplify how attracted you are to your partner when you see someone else look at them like yeah i understand how you could like reason that it's the jealousy that has the positive impact i just think that there's no. something in there that has that positive impact yeah the way that you just explained it in um you know making you feel oh this person is really important to me. Like just mm -hmm. how, like recognizing the feeling. I remember when I was with Javier who dumped me before Europe, when I found out that he was dating other people eventually, I was just like, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously that's gonna happen. When I was back and forth with my current partner and found out he was going on a date with someone else, I was like, I will fucking murder someone. <laughs> like get out of my <laughs> yeah. way. This is mine. I'm gonna go pee on him right now. And that was a sign to me of like, oh shit. I really care about this person. And it really gave me some insight into feelings that I was trying to bury and lessen um, in order to protect myself. So that made a lot of sense to me, the way that you explained it and how the behavior attached to it is what is problematic, not necessarily the feeling itself. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Um, so let's talk about the fear of being left or being cheated on because so many of my listeners go through that. Um, a lot of them have been cheated on. So I think let's start with the fear of being cheated on or left if you've never experienced that before. I think this this fear that we have is totally reasonable, right? Like there's pain attached to the end of that experience do we ever look forward to or like long for pain? No, <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully not at least. Um, so it makes total sense that we have now identified, okay, here I have this par partner that I love that I want to be with. And there is a risk that this horrible thing could happen. Bring on the fear. Like, it, first of all, it all makes sense. But what we need to notice is when we slide into the territory of so I need to prevent it from happening. <laughs> like I'm not willing to have that experience. 
that's when the crazy behavior starts. That's when we start like freaking out, controlling. We start trying to prevent things from happening. Um, our partner's free will is like the biggest threat to us in the entire world. So we try to like control their free will and it just turns into a big mess. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. And the problem is that the solution is to be willing to be hurt and left and mm -hmm. cheated on. If you're not willing to be cheated on, you're going to be acting crazy. Right. And that's what's so, so difficult because most of us don't have the tools to be willing to be cheated on. We mm -hmm. don't have the tools to be willing to hurt because it's just, we don't even know how we would manage how we would survive how what do you even do when you're in that kind of excruciating pain so when we lack the tools and the understanding that we can feel anything without fear doesn't mean yeah. it's not painful but it's not harmful if we feel it but this fear of feeling those really intense emotions if it were to happen is what makes us act crazy and try to prevent it from happening yeah. And the only way to kind of like relax and live in peace in a relationship with a person you love is having in the back of your mind, like not only I'm willing to be, have these experiences, I'm also willing to be caught off guard by it. I'm willing yeah. to be surprised by it. And to someone who is like completely new to these concepts, that sounds awful. That's the whole thing we're trying to avoid. Like we don't right. want to be caught off guard. We don't want to be surprised. We want to be prepared so it will hurt less and we can say, I knew it. Yeah. Because we think like, I knew it is going to keep us pain-free. Spoiler it's alert, not. it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And I think also um, you really need to, when you enter into any relationship, and I tell people this all the time when they're like, how did you ever learn to trust again after you were cheated on and you were love-bombed and you were heartbroken and all the things? And I'm like, look, you go into a relationship and you're like, I'm either going to be wildly happy and in love and this is going to be absolutely amazing or I might get my heart broken in a myriad of ways and that'll suck, but it's going to change me as a person and make me grow and learn and it's going to better myself in all of that in the experience. So it's either one or the other. They're both going to give you 
benefits in each. It's just one might hurt a little bit more um, and become part of your story. So I think that's incredibly important to go into it with that knowing and that openness and that willingness, like you said, but not expecting it and waiting for the Mm. other shoe to drop because then you start subconsciously creating it. Yeah, exactly. And a really important part of that that kind of leads us into if it has happened to you before if you have previous experience you're kind of in the reality of what i think the people who haven't had the experience anticipate so mm-hmm. we're all kind of on the same team because you're there but i think when you have had that happen how you handled it what happened like how you not necessarily how you felt but your internal dialogue or monologue when it happened is going to have the biggest impact on your willingness to have it happen again Mm. because I know a lot of my clients who hasn't had it happen when I talk to them about like what's the worst case scenario like what is it that is so bad what's the most painful thing that would happen if your partner were to cheat on you and it's always, I should have known better. I saw, I should have se- saw the signs. I should have seen all the red flags. Um, I'm pathetic or naive for being che- like cheated on or lied to. I should have known. It's like stab in the heart, one after the other on yourself. Hmm. And that's what I call like dirty pain compared to clean pain. That is, I was lied to, cheated on, I'm heartbroken. I'm sad. This is awful. That's clean pain. That's Mm. what we feel when things happen to us. But that self like torture that we put ourselves through, I think is the most painful thing that most of us want to avoid. And if you've been through that and you are like looking back and you're like hammering down on yourself, you're like, you should have known. I'm never going to miss the science again. I'm always going to look out for red flags because I am a loser for having been cheated on. You're not going to be willing to go through that again because your brain knows like if I if another person does this to me again, I'm going to be so hard on myself. I'm going to bully myself Mm. and I don't want to do that. So let's avoid it at all costs. Oh my God, that's so, so true. Um, And I think that when people have that hesitation going into their next relationship, you're setting yourself up for like an uphill battle right from the start. Um, What do you feel about communicating? So like in my in my example, um, I came from a relationship or a marriage where I was cheated on and lied to for six plus months. And now in my current relationship, I'll point out things that are triggers that were developed because of that relationship with my ex-husband, like certain things about um, the way he holds his phone if we're sitting next to each other, um, because everything was happening on my ex-husband's phone. So because I've communicated that trigger to him, whenever we're sitting next to each other and he can kind of feel my eyes are on his phone, he'll just like casually tilt it towards me and continue whatever he's doing and not even say it because he knows it makes me feel awkward and embarrassed that I even have that trigger from my ex. Um, he'll, but because he, he loves me and I've communicated it with him, 
he's able to assist in kind of easing that trigger for me. So do you think when you go into a new relationship, having had a past where you've been cheated on, that communicating some of those to your partner can be healthy and beneficial in that way? Yes. I mean, I definitely... I'm kind of, I have the the foundation of what I believe is like, if it works, it works. If it's not broken, don't fix it. If it's like creating the result you want, go with it. But what I do want to point out, I, I think there's the you work that you do. Like if you go to therapy, you do all the things, you work on your triggers, you heal your trauma, that's you work. And then we have the partner who can help you and like assist you and support you in any way that they can. What's worth knowing when our partners start tweaking their behavior to uh, like accommodate our triggers, it's not, it doesn't have a negative impact on the trigger. It just doesn't have any impact on making it go away. So we just need to know that, that if we have a trigger, for example, my, I had the same kind of things with my partner's phone and I didn't tell him like, okay, can you please like do something because I'm freaking out here. And if I would have done that, like, yeah, then I would have been triggered and he would have given me relief for that trigger by showing me. So it's like trigger, relief, trigger, mm-hmm. relief. And that's a d- dynamic that can work for sure. But when he doesn't do that, I'm left with my trigger. Right. And, when and so I you process, need to still heal that on your own. Yes. So if I start processing and managing the urge that comes up whenever I'm triggered, that's going to decrease the intensity of the trigger over time. Yes. So it's kind of two different things. Partner helping out, not harmful, but also not healing and fixing the core problem, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, absolutely. You still always need to be in therapy or doing the work mm-hmm. with yourself in correlation with that. So you mentioned that one of everybody's biggest fears is your partner's free will. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's just the worst. We, I think everyone just hates, 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 hates the free will. If we could just like manage our partner's will for them and just make their decisions for them and just like everything. You're like, I just want, it. I want my partner here and I want to play him like a video game and make all of his yes. decisions where he goes, what he does. Okay, it's great. <laughs> that would be perfect. But a part of our brain knows that, oh, there, there's still that possibility that they can do something. So when I talk about partner's free will, it's like your partner, whether you are micromanaging and controlling and manipulating and doing all the things to have them stay and not cheat, they can still cheat. Like there's nothing you can do to stop it. There's really nothing you can do. And if your partner goes out with friends and hangs out with people and there's a bunch of sexy girls coming up to them and doing all the things, regardless if you're texting, 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 or you're enjoying a girl's night or taking a bubble bath or watching Netflix, your partner still has free will to do whatever they want. It's like they can cheat or they can choose not to. Mm -hmm. And this goes both ways where a lot of girlfriends who struggle with this can also struggle with the fact that my partner has free will, meaning he's allowed to choose to be with me. Like he's choosing to be with me and I I have to allow him to make that decision. And Mm -hmm. we struggle so much with that. We're like, but it, what if he actually wants to leave and he's not doing so because he pities me? Should I leave him to spare him? <laughs> We're taking so much responsibility for these adult human beings and their decision-making. And we're taking on all that responsibility. We're trying to compensate for the lack that we're imagining that they have. 
when in reality it's like this is an adult human being that you're not responsible for that gets to do whatever they want and what they choose to do with their free will is the truth like if you what you lose from letting your partner do what they want was never there to begin with mm. it just wasn't there like you can be controlling and manipulating and like chaining your partner up in your basement but that just allows you to hold on to your like made up perception of the relationship for long right right so it's really really hard to accept that no matter what i do my partner has free will to do whatever they want and just allow that to be the truth in the world because mm -hmm. the reason we have such a big problem with it i think is because we underestimate our own free will mm. we don't really notice that oh wait he has free will i do too apparently what am i doing with my free will am i using my free will to be with a person who uses their free will to cheat on me is that mm. my free will is that what i want to be doing right because if it's not i need to be focusing on someone else's free will here not my partner's yeah so I think that's a really important part of it. Like the only free will you need to control to be safe is your own. And right. That's where boundaries and all of that comes in as well. Yeah. Where do you think the line is of if a girl is at home um, taking her bubble bath and having a girl's night, knowing that her boyfriend has gone out um, to a club with his friends, where's the line between, well, he has free will and that's fine or if the man is out crossing any lines not necessarily cheating but doing things that are inappropriate or disrespectful to the relationship where's the line of like being like that's not okay or i need to chill and you know let mm -hmm. him have his time i think that like the question there is, is what is the partner doing with their free will? Mm. And how do you know about it? Right. Like, have you actually found out that something has been happening or are you just imagining that things have happened? So right. that's an important part. Like if your partner is actually out doing things that like cross the agreement of the relationship somehow, that's a whole separate like topic. Like then you have information about what your partner chooses to do with their free will and you get to decide what you want to do with that the mm. solution is not hey partner stop doing all those things you could of course say like i don't really appreciate when you do this i prefer that you do this instead but they still get to do whatever they want so that's right. when we shine the light back on you and we're like okay here's information about your partner what do you want to do with that information and this sounds like, of course, we're imagining the worst of the worst where they're like cheating or they're like doing a bunch of crazy things that are not okay. But it also applies to if they're just doing things you prefer they would not do. Maybe they're doing drugs. And you mm -hmm. don't really want to be with someone who does drugs. Okay. Like that doesn't mean they're a bad person for using their free will to do X, Y, or Z, but you still get to decide, do I want to be in a relationship with a person who does that? Yeah. If no we can tell, talk to them about it and be like, hey, I have this preference. I have this preference that you don't like sexy dance with a bunch of other girls when you're out. Right. Um, you still get to, I'm not telling, I'm not your mom. I, I'm not telling you what you can or can't do, but I want you to know that if you're gonna keep doing that, here's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, that's and I think that's, control we have. 
Yeah, and that's indicative of if you're in a relationship with someone who's not respecting boundaries and mm-hmm. not respecting you or the relationship as a whole, then it's your responsibility to be like, mm, this is a lot less than I deserve, so I'm going to piece the fuck out. <laughs> exactly. And we can do that. Like, I think a lot of people in general, but I don't know if it's specific, like more in women, but I think we think we need to fuel our power with anger. Like mm. we need to be angry at them. We need to scream and shout and do all the things to be powerful and stand up for ourselves. But like out of love, we can be like, Meh, I love me. I have a love for you. But no, like this is not what I'm into. So I'm not yeah. going to be a part of it. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's talk about fear and the worst case scenarios and spiraling into the depths of just like not even being able to function when your significant other is out or doing something and really just going into that worst case scenario brain space. How do we handle that? Yeah. I mean, that is, it's, it's really tough. I'm not going to lie. Like everybody who's been there knows that like the body, like we don't even have access to our intelligence. It like shuts off immediately. And we're just in fight or flight mode basically and it's something that is like really I think the first time I heard it I thought it was bullshit and it's kind of controversial to say but if we think about it the worst that can ever happen is an emotion and I'm sure everyone listening like can come up with a thousand things that are worse than emotions but if we really dive into it, it's like, if if something really, really horrible happens, like if someone dies, it's not bad because they died, it's bad because of how we feel about mm, them dying. Interesting. And if I go to prison, it's not bad because I'm in prison, it's bad because of how I feel when I'm in prison. Mm. If you tell me like, you're gonna go to prison, but you're gonna be passionate, inspired, motivated, <laughs> excited, would it be as scary? Where you're like, fuck it, let's go to prison. (laughs) Let's do it. And the same goes for like relationships, like being cheated on in and of itself isn't painful. Like uh, one person doing, like putting their penis in a vagina, it's not painful to me. (laughs) It's like, it's the emotion that's associated with it. Mm. And even when we think about physical pain, let's say you break a bone or someone punches you, that is physical pain. That's a sensation that is like, the body sends the information up to the brain and even there the emotion associated matters because otherwise like bdsm wouldn't be a thing and like giving birth is a lot of pain but people are like i love my baby and it's like amazing (laughs) so if we really think about it if the worst that can happen is an emotion then we can see that, okay, even in all of these worst case scenarios, what I'm so extremely afraid of is how I'm going to feel. That's just good to know. It's kind of like a self-soothing exercise of like, the reason I'm so scared is because how how I'm going to feel in my body when this happens. And that's that's not like a, so now everything is lovely and it's not going to hurt. Like, no, no, it's still awful. It's still really painful. But it's like an emotion is a vibration in our bodies that come from what we register, perceive, how we think, everything that like goes into our brains, that's where the emotion comes from. And when we're thinking about these worst case scenarios and we realize that 
just imagining them creates some of that pain in our bodies. Yeah. We can start seeing that, oh, wait. So even when reality isn't that, I can still feel the pain of it. How is that possible? But if if that is the case, that we can feel the pain of something ahead of time, we can actually get good at feeling it before it happens. We can become mm. familiar with the feeling. We can love ourselves through that feeling. We can practice having that feeling in our bodies before shit hits the fan. Doesn't mean it's not going to hurt when the day comes, but making peace with the worst case scenario is literally like going to the end and seeing what is the emotion? What mm. is the emotion? Like, I'm going to be left. I'm going to be cheated on. I'm going to be humiliated. Okay, humiliation. I don't have anywhere to live. I'm going to feel like a failure. Okay, failure. Humiliation, failure, maybe um shame okay we have a bunch of feelings now that are mm. going to happen in this worst case scenario and then just notice that how does shame feel in my body and yes when it's in the reality it's going to be like the volume is going to be turned up compared to when you're imagining it yeah but you can actually practice feeling emotions ahead of time and that is what I usually do with my clients when they have these worst case scenarios of like, he's going to leave me, he's going to cheat with this girl who is a friend and they're going to sleep together. And we just go through it and we're like, see, you have these feelings in your body. They're vibrating through you. You can feel it in your chest. You can, maybe you're crying, like it's in your body and see you're safe. Mm. You're okay. You're not dying. You're not like the world isn't ending and like building that muscle so that you feel in your day-to-day -day life, like the confidence of being able to feel any emotion without fear is a superpower mm. and you're unstoppable once you get to that point. Mm, so That's really interesting. Oh, I like that. Being able to feel any emotion without fear is a superpower. That's yeah. rad. Um, how many times have your clients gone into this worst case scenario and then it ended up that most of that was in their mind and nothing bad was even gonna really happen. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go the other way around, like how often has it actually oh, no, become no. reality? <laughs> like, and it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the thing is like, I only work with my clients for a set um, period of time. It's like a couple of weeks or six months. I don't know, like if they're with their partner for 15 years, like who knows what's gonna happen. Right. So I don't know, like maybe that worst case scenario will happen one day, but your brain's obsession with it is because mm. it doesn't trust that you can survive it. It doesn't trust yeah. that you can make it through. So if we work on getting to a place where you're like, okay, that's going to suck, but I've processed that horrible feeling like 10 times and I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we can stop obsessing over it. That tire is not breathing down our necks anymore. Like we're... We're okay, it's safe to let go because I know if I'm surprised by that emotion, I'm not gonna die. I'm gonna be yeah. okay because I've practiced it enough times to be like, I can feel it. And that's what I had to do with jealousy. Like jealousy was my worst. It just like attacked my body and I started acting crazy. And I just got really good at feeling jealous. And now when it shows up, it's like an old friend. It was like, jealousy, I'm here. And I'm like, oh, I know my heart is beating really fast. I'm really sweaty. That's okay. I'm used yeah. to 
And I think reminding yourself that you've made it through every fucked up thing that's happened to you thus far and you were just fine um, really helps. Like anytime something comes up in my life, I'm like, well, we all know what I've made it through in this life. So is this really going to knock me off? Probably not. Um, And that's a that's a big thing to really like kind of quiet yourself and get back to your center to to remember that. Um, How do we feel? okay in uncertainty and to me uncertainty and anxiety kind of go hand in hand um so how do you make yourself feel at peace when we have that kind of like uncomfortable emotion so first we something that we all i think always need a reminder of is that any certainty that we think we have is just perceived certainty like even if like you've booked tickets to i don't know Spain for two months from now, you think you're going to go like, you're pretty certain of that, but like, you have no idea COVID 2.0 might come and like mess (laughs) that all up. So whatever we're really certain about, it's just a perceived certainty that we have chosen. We're like, I'm certain feels good. It's act certainty is activated in my body. We're good to go. So whenever we're uncertain, it's the same. Like the world is the same. The uncertainty has not increased we're just paying more attention to it in certain areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. And being able to be okay in uncertainty and not go into this like panic about everything being uncertain is the practice of feeling anything without fear. Because again, we're back to the part where this uncertainty means surprise emotions. Like Mm -hmm. I'm uncertain about what I'm gonna be feeling. Like is my partner's ex gonna come knocking on the door? Like. Our brains obviously sort what's more probable and like what's impossible. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so we're already like sorting out what's to be anxious and freaked out about and what let's never be freaked out about that. We don't have to care about that. Again, the brain is just making decisions based on what we've been taught, our past experiences, what's more likely to happen. And that's how we kind of sort through that. Because if we didn't sort, we would be a mess constantly yeah and that's usually i think what like anxiety disorder when i had generalized anxiety disorder like your sorting ability was kind of off and you were like super anxious about literally everything Mm -hmm. um so being able to just relax is having that trust in yourself that okay no matter what happens like i can't go through life thinking about how everything is uncertain i need to make plans i need to choose what to be certain about my partner has free will he might cheat tomorrow but it benefits me in my life to be certain about my partner like it benefits me to not walk around thinking about how uncertain our future is together like no we we decide that we're together i'm choosing to be certain about that and the flip side of that coin like what i gain today from being certain I'm going to have to like pay, repay back. That's my debt. If something were to happen, I'm going to be smacked in the face by it because Mm. I was certain. I chose to be certain because of the perks of being certain, but then I might be surprised by hurt. I might be shocked. I might have a broken heart a week from now. Who knows? But I'm actively choosing not to spend my time thinking about that because it benefits me today. Yeah ability to like choose to again be shocked by negative emotion in the future well we if we have that life vest of 
being able to process emotions, then we know we'll be okay, even when that happens. Yeah. And I think remembering to bring yourself back to that present moment, because so often we're living in the future and the what ifs and all of this stuff that's not what we're experiencing right now in this moment day to day. So if you can remember to bring yourself back to that present moment, it kind of like lets a lot of that go, you know? Yeah. And that ability to be present, it's really hard when it's like, you're going to get eaten by a tiger tomorrow, but be present. <laughs> it's like, right, oh, right. Yeah, it's not that easy, but it, it really is a practice. Like it's a muscle yeah. we need to build and work out and just remember that. How do I act today when fearing being eaten by a tiger tomorrow? Right. Does yes. my behavior today serve me or does my behavior today create negative results long-term? And yeah. then always bringing it back to that, like, what feeling that I can fuel my body with would make me show up as my highest self today. Right. And always bring it back to that. Cause what we focus on generates our emotions and our emotions drive all of our behaviors. So we want to be mindful of that. Absolutely. What do you think are the main differences that you see in your clients of what people can control versus what they can't control? Well, what we do know is that what we can control is our thoughts and when i say we can control our thoughts it's not like we can police what pops up but we can choose what we focus on and what we choose to like repeat and believe yeah so in that way we can control our thoughts we can by managing our thoughts we can manage our emotions we can control what we do in reaction to our emotions if we suppress them if we buffer them away with alcohol or sex or anything else, if we react to them and take them out on people, totally in our control. And the results created by our behaviors is in our control. So that's like what's in our full control, 100% that we can manage. And then what's not in our control is like the world, other people, other people's thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Like all of that stuff is out of our control. What we can do, and a lot of people are like, but well, if I'm really nice to my partner, they're really nice to me back. Didn't I control that? Like, mm, no, we Duh. can influence. We can be like, we can put out circumstances in the world through our behavior and we can show up as like good people and be generous and grateful and present and do all the things, be honest and all of that. And it will probably influence the people around us, influence our partners, but it never takes their free will or responsibility for their actions away from them. So even if mm. we are showing up as our best selves, other people still have the power to be assholes. So right. we don't really have control over that. And that is something that takes some time to really like face, accept, see, and start putting into practice that, hmm, only my thoughts, feelings, actions, and behaviors are in my control. And a lot of our behaviors are designed to try to control other people's thoughts and feelings. Right. Like we people please and we manipulate and we do all these things because we think we can control other people. And we think we need to control other people because we think their behaviors control how we feel. So it's this mm. ping pong game back and forth, back and forth of just being confused about what's in our control and what is not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my God. There's if we could all just get on the same page and only worry about our own bullshit and like what we can control and let go of everything else, the world would be such a more effortless place to exist in. But it's so much easier said than done, isn't it? <laughs> Especially when we're the only ones playing along. Like other people right. are still gonna think that you're responsible for them or what you did made them feel or like they, I only acted this way because you X, Y, Z, like right. other people are not on the same page, which means that you have to take responsibility for you, give other people their shit back. And that's uncomfortable. So like, yeah. you're going to be uncomfortable most of the time when you do that. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have to know with all of this, like wisdom that you have, because I'm sure people are listening or like, God, she seems like she has like all the answers in having relationships. Are, are you in a relationship right now? Okay, so do you have any of these fears that come up that you have to work through? Or are you like, I've got it dialed into a fucking science? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually, the boyfriend I'm with now is my first and only boyfriend. So he's the one who's been with me through all of this. <laughs> so oh, he wow. met me when I was 21. I, I became a crazy grumpy girlfriend. I treated him <laughs> awfully. It was just the worst. I have no idea why he's still here. But now he's like reaping the benefits of that because I right, actually right. figured it out. Um, so today I definitely have a lot of things. Like I'm not nowhere near perfect. And I'm pretty sure everyone listening can understand that. The biggest difference, like there are two parts of that. One part is like all this bullshit I still have to work on. Like I get annoyed easily. I hate when my boyfriend chops the onion pieces too big. Like. I have all my things. I mean, rude. <laughs> I know. And he gets so offended when I pick the onion pieces away because I don't like them big. Um, so there's still that kind of stuff. But then there's also the parts of like, all of this is optional work to do. So none of this is necessary. Like most girlfriends can go through an entire life and just like not figure this out and be relatively satisfied like you might mm -hmm. break up with someone you might meet someone new you might do all the things but like you don't have to do any of this work it's all just to elevate your experience to elevate your life so there are parts of my relationship or my life right now where I have work to do if I want it it's available to me I'm just choosing not to I'm just like ah, right I don't feel like doing that right now and then there are other parts where I'm like no I'm not showing up as the person I want to be, and it's having a negative impact across the board in my life, I want to work on this. And then I start the little process of like, okay, let's see, what are my beliefs? What did I learn growing up? Okay, what has society taught me? Great, now I'm aware of all my awful beliefs. No wonder <laughs> I'm acting crazy. And then we like right. start climbing the ladder the same way I do with my clients. Yeah. Um, so there are different areas where I'm like that. And sometimes I'm just super grumpy. But yeah. what I'm not is I'm not blaming my partner for it anymore. I'm taking full responsibility. I don't feel hopeless and like I'm crazy because I have the answers as to why it is that way. And I have the tools to change if I want them. Mm -hmm. And that's really all that I need. Because before yeah. I was like, what's wrong with me? Give me a diagnosis. Do I have anger <laughs> management issues? Is it my birth <laughs> control? I was like completely confused. Yeah. And now without that confusion, I'm like, oh, I'm just a human being. I have a working human brain, which means crazy half the time. Good. And I know how to fix it if I want to. And that's yeah. what allows me to just relax and be like, I'm going to be a grumpy bitch sometimes. It's okay. Right. 
Yeah, give yourself some fucking grace. I love yeah, exactly. that. Um, what's the one thing that you would tell a, a new client that's coming in? Like if they're just like, fuck, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm such a raging bitch to my partner. I don't know what's wrong with me. Is it my birth control? Is it anger management? What's the first kind of initial thing that you would do to kind of help them relax into this process of kind of switching their behaviors and mentality? It's definitely that there's nothing wrong with them. Like, mm. I'm not confused by your behavior. Like that mm. often I think is the most calming thing that you can hear that it's like, you're not like super confusing, crazy, and I have no idea what to do. Like, no, I've seen this before. All of my clients struggle with the same thing. I struggle with the same thing. It makes sense. And then yeah. I go through the process of showing, look, look, this is why it's happening. This is how yeah. it makes sense. You're experiencing something. You're thinking it's a danger. It's a threat. You, Your alarm system goes off in your body. And your body is like, shit, how do we get out of this threatening situation? Act crazy. Right. And you do. We're not confused by that. It makes total sense. So that's always where I want to start. Like, I got you. It's okay. We're good. I get it. I get your behavior. And the best news is I know exactly the steps we need to take to start undoing this. So you can just yeah. back, relax, just get ready for the roller coaster that we're about to go on. I love that. I know from so many of my readers DMing me, people just want to feel like they're not alone and like they're not yeah. crazy. So yeah. it's the biggest gift to be able to be like, oh, there's other people that have gone through this or that act like this or that feel like this. And now I'm not alone and there's hope and there's a way that I can rectify the amount that I want to, to change. Yeah. Um, so that's huge. Katrine, this has been so fucking valuable. Um, I can't even imagine the messages I'm going to get around this episode. <laughs> can, you, can you tell everyone where they can find you if they want to get info on your coaching, um, all of your social media, all the things? Okay, so KatrinBand.com, KatrinBand on Instagram, and the Grumpy Girlfriend podcast is where you can start looking. I love it. Can you spell your handle in case people yes. need uh, the, the spelling see. of it? <laughs> K-A-T-R-I-N-B-E-R-N-D-T. Awesome. Um, it has been such a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge. I, I can't wait to hear the feedback from this episode. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I want to thank Katrine again for coming on. That was so freaking insightful. I can't wait to see all your DMs about this episode because I know it's going to be a lot of them because there was so much good stuff in there. All right, we are going to take a turn now and jump into some of your FML stories. Here we go. Hey, Gabrielle. My name is Kylie, and here's my quick FML story. I was dating my ex for nearly six years, and we were together since we were around 15 years old. I was always sure that this was my person, and all throughout high school, things were pretty normal. We were in the homecoming and prom court, supported each other with sports, and had a lot of adventures together. My young self really thought that we were going to end up getting married. I was always dreading the possibility of splitting for college, but we knew we were going to support each other and do whatever we needed to do. Come that time, we ended up going to school about three and a half hours apart, and that's where it all went downhill. The first red flag? A girl messaged me on Instagram with some inappropriate messages coming from him, where I could see his number at the top of the screenshot. Long story short, 
he denied it, said it wasn't him, and went through the trouble of getting a new number because, quote, someone was using his number from somewhere else somehow. I stupidly believed him. Second red flag? He was joining a fraternity, and at one of his first college parties, I had found out that he made out with another girl. To give credit where it's due, I at least heard that from him before I heard from others. I stupidly forgave him for this and decided to move forward, thinking it was just a drunken mistake. Things were okay for several months, but there were still some controlling aspects of him. He was logging into my Snapchat, getting mad over the smallest of things, and not trusting me. Little did I know, I shouldn't have been trusting him this whole time. Come the next year of college, he called one day, just deciding he needed some space. I didn't really understand it, but I respected it, thinking after a bit we'd be back to normal. Silly me. It was third red flag. Might not even call it a flag, it was just a full-on deal-breaker, where I lost it. He proceeded to tell me that he had slept with another girl, the condom broke, and she thought she was pregnant. For some backstory, he told me about seeing this girl, but swore to me there was never anything physical, just someone to talk to. See how quickly that changed once he had a situation he couldn't talk himself out of? Long story short, she was indeed pregnant, but this dumbass was still convinced he was going to be with me. Not only did he try to get her to get an abortion, but he said he would support her no matter what, but at the end of the day he still loved and wanted to be with me. I had to flat out say to him, Dude, we are fucking done. I'm 19 years old and not about to help raise a child that's not even mine. Plus, you have lied to me for months and I deserve better. I soon also came to find out that this was the same girl he had cheated on me with the, f with the first year of college. So who knows how long he was sticking his dick where it didn't belong. I have not talked to him since the day that I flat out told him I was done with him, and I have no regrets about it. Shortly after, I went on a three-week trip to Europe and saw six cities and four countries. It was one of the most liberating, freeing, and healing experiences I ever had. A year later, I spent a semester studying in the Czech Republic and traveling Europe because I loved it so much. As much as I hurt back then, it was one of the most meaningful and driving experiences I had which led me to discovering myself and finally making all decisions 100% for me. I have never been the same since my first trip to Europe, and I'm so grateful. While he was preparing for the birth of the child that he so hoped would not exist, I was having the time of my fucking life. When I found your book, I identified with it so well, even though I was much younger during my heartbreak and healing. But I have been such a fan and have been following your work ever since. Thanks for listening to my FML story. Here's to finding ourselves in the most horrifying and liberating way. Thanks, Gabrielle. Oh my God, I love this so much. This is such a good story. Um, first of all, it never fucking shocks me the lengths that people will go to cover up a lie, to change your cell phone number because you're saying, oh, someone must have gotten my number and they're texting random girls from it. Like the audacity just never shocks me. Um, Fuck yes, girl, for choosing you and saying no more. Um, I am so thrilled that you chose to start traveling and take that trip. This was probably one of my favorite FML stories I have heard in a very long time. That's fucking awesome. You go, girl. All my love. Mwah.
As always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. If you want to watch live in studio, you can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash FML Talk. If you are just dying for more FML content, there are five mini bonus seasons that you can binge at your leisure on patreon.com slash FML Talk. That is also where you can get access to the private Facebook group and 10% off all your merch. As always, have a self-love cocktail on me and don't be a grumpy fucking girlfriend. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.